Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome, everyone, to Project Management Office Hours. We're the number one live project management radio show in the U.S., broadcasting to you from the Phoenix Business Radio X studios in Tempe, Arizona. I'm your host, PMO Joe, and for the next hour, we're going to be talking project management. We were supposed to have with us Cornelius Fickner today, and unfortunately, due to an unexpected event within his family, he's unable to join us today. So hopefully we're going to get uh, Cornelius rescheduled soon. But with that, I didn't have much time to get a new guest, so I'm going to be the guest today. How exciting (laughs) to be a guest and host. And I have joining me the Phoenix Business Radio X station owner, Karen Nowicki. Hello. Who always does the uh, sound and uh, produces the shows for us. So Karen's going to jump in. She's going to kind of be host today. I'll be guest and we'll get through a lot of topics. Uh, Before we get into that, just wanted to share with everybody, right? I posted something out on LinkedIn today that I, I feel like I have broken free from an anchor. Over the past 30 days, I went back and looked. I deleted all my Facebook accounts. I remember. And I was like, what is, what's the impact going to be to my life when, when that happens? Because, I mean, I've been on Facebook for a decade or longer. I have no idea, but it seems like a decade, if not more. And I realized I've lost 20 pounds. My family and I worked together with all the kids to build a, a 45-foot-long, 5-foot-deep, 2-foot-high planter in our backyard, planted 12 trees, uh, moved 13 cubic yards of dirt from the road back to the planter by one wheelbarrow at a time uh, in the middle of Phoenix summer. Uh, I think I've presented at three conferences, recorded for two others. I've started writing two books. I've booked guests for this show out through October. And I, I feel like I just let go of an anchor, right? Facebook was consuming so much of my time. And I wonder for our guests, and I put it again on LinkedIn, I wonder for everybody out there to provide your input is what what has been your anchor, right? What is holding you back from what you've always wanted to do? And one of those items we're going to talk a lot about today is the purpose-driven PMO uh, that I've talked about frequently. I've done webinars on it, but we've never released it, right? It's never been released to the public. And about uh, a week ago, we finally started releasing it. And I think I was being held back and maybe a bad excuse, and maybe I used it as an excuse, but Facebook was that anchor, right? It was weighing me down, preventing me from setting sail, uh, proverbially here, to go forth and explore something new. So I challenge everybody out there, if, if you have an anchor, right, something that's preventing you from from sailing into open waters and testing something new or, or getting beyond something, break free, right? Pull up that anchor and go on a new journey and see where you go. And uh, I've been fortunate with COVID. I think uh, I many of us are using that as an excuse. Karen and I were talking before the show here about all the, all the cases and, and uptick that's happening here in Arizona. But I'm actually using COVID as, as a plus, right? I mean, I control my schedule so much better now, having to work from home. 
And losing 20 pounds doesn't just happen because you get off Facebook. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the, the hour after dinner, I'd get on Facebook and check the posts. Well, now I go for a walk and that exercise, right? Um, and staying up late at night because I don't have to get up in the morning because I don't need to be at a client site at a certain time. So I'll be on Facebook. Well, stop doing that. And my body's getting the rest it needs. So again, just everybody out there, just think about your anchors, right? Think about the things that are holding you back and pull it up and set sail. I feel like this is reminiscent of a conversation we had maybe a month ago, maybe even not that long ago, Joe, when you were talking about uh, your life and project management and some of the the way you framed your work. And Facebook is is a different conversation, but is is it similar to what we talked about? Do you remember what we talked about? You were like, this is kind of an obsession or this is an addiction. I was, you know, doing X, Y, Z. Remind me what that is. Because it feels a similar revelation that, again, was birthed out of this COVID situation. Yeah, we, uh, we get so wrapped up in our routine, right? We're creatures of habit. I preach to my kids all the time that life is full of patterns. And, and when you identify those patterns and you can figure them out, much like kids do in a video game, you can have success. And I, unfortunately, I had hooked myself into a pattern where work and the profession became more important uh, than my home life, right, and, and family. So my son and oldest son and I were hanging up a TV in my office, um, and I had asked him to go get a ratchet so I could get uh, one of the bolts into the wall. And he looked at me and he said, I don't know what a ratchet is. And, and he's not 12, he's not 8, he's not 7, right, he's 17. And he didn't know what a ratchet was, and I, and I recognized that that wasn't a him problem, that was a me problem that I hadn't spent enough time with him to understand what a ratchet is and how you use it and what the benefit of the tools are of, of man, right, and using them. And that's when I had said it, it's time to reevaluate what I'm doing with my career, where my priorities are. My son's about to leave to go into the Navy, and he, have I prepared him appropriately to go do that? So COVID to me has been you know, knock on wood, my family has been healthy during this, but it's been a blessing to awaken me to the anchors and to the priorities of life and, and where we're spending that time and how we're spending that time and who we're spending that time with. Yeah, love it. We can take a step back if we choose to. You, that's what you said as you were giving the example with, with regard to Facebook. If we can take time right now in this pause, and I think most of us, unless we're... Um, an essential worker, most of us have had a lot more free time on our hands. We're not driving to and from meeting. We're not doing the networking or whatever the things that, that usually consume our time. And if we can take this time now to look back and go, gosh, <laughs> what's working for me and what's not? What, what's my anchor? How can I, am I willing to let it go? How can I set it down and spend additional time with the people that we love and care for that's the silver lining in all of this. At least that's how it's shown up for me. And I know we've talked about that in the past as well. It's funny because you, you started the statement that, you know, once you know routine, and I said the project manager, right? So I said the project management professional routines and, and being able to study and, and make sense out of projects and being clear and strategic about where you're headed, it's neat to see you sit back and go, yes, to all of that, my whole life's work. And I pass it on to my family, this love and this desire not only to learn, but also to study things and to make sure that you're succeeding along the path you want to succeed in. 
and also challenging it, looking back and saying, I could, I could do things different. I can do it better. Yeah. Well, and I think, um, so project management, right. It's been around since, as long as man's been around, right. Whether it's formal or informal, we've called it project management, right. The pyramids didn't get built by accident, right. Somebody planned that a, a team executed it and, uh, the pharaohs enjoyed the rewards of it, right? I mean, it, it was a project. So we all do it, right? We all understand it. But some of us get it better than others, just like some bake better than others or some are marketing or some can sing or play an instrument. I can't do a lot of those things. But my vision allows me to clearly see things in a project management way, right? It's just my gift that I've that I have. And to be able to sit back and use those skills in a non-corporate setting has been more rewarding to me, I think, over the past three months than the past 20 years. Hmm. It's, it's, um, it's freed me from so many thoughts that I thought were motivating me and guiding me to still have the same motivation and the same guidance. But the priority that we ask our um, corporations to do with their work through prioritization and portfolio management, do we do that at home? and set our priorities right? Or, you know, we get 50, 60, 80 years. You know, if you get beyond 80, how many of those years are useful? Uh, but you get 80 in the first 20, how useful are they? You're just kind of figuring the world out. So if we have 40 or 50 years to really make a difference, what priorities should we have in order to make a difference? And for me, uh, and, I, and I'm me, right? I'm not trying to tell everybody else what they need to do. But I, I, leadership's always come easy for me. And I expect others, right, had expected others to get that. And, um, and by having more time home with my children, who I think are the best teachers in the world, are our children, because they're unbiased by the world, I recognize that not everybody is built the same way, right? The leadership doesn't come natural to everybody. And it's okay to not be a leader uh, and to commit, you know, 12 hours a day to your profession. I mean, step back, recognize and actually see, right? Can you see me? Um, and I was seeing, uh, but I didn't see them. And I was hearing, but I wasn't listening. And I was enjoying, but I wasn't participating. And all of those things through prioritization and project management and recognition of the people side of skills that we've had from guests on to talk about those items made me realize, you know, my priorities are out of whack. I have too many number one priorities mm. and family was maybe number five on the list of five number ones. And it should have been number one on that list. And um, so it's not to say that, you know, the radio show is going away. It's not going to, um, PMO squad's not going to go away, but I'm going to make sure that they're, not priority one, like before. I think so many professionals uh, and folks striving to get to that next level, whether it's in a corporation or an independent business owner, a consultant, whoever, we tend to, given our society, want to put business first until we get until we arrive. But but what is arriving? I don't know that we really ever get there. At least for me, and I think you're similarly wired. As soon as I reach a goal, I'm like, hooray, and I do my celebration, my little happy dance, then I'm like, okay, what's next? And I go off and go find that next thing to strive for because that's how I'm inspired and motivated. I'm driven that way. 
it's taken something like COVID and some things that we've gone through uh, over the last year for me to reassess and reevaluate what's most important to me. And, and it's neat to hear you do the same thing. I don't know if that comes with the age that age bracket that we're in. I, you know, I, yeah. you read books and sometimes they'll say, yeah, when you, when you reach your 50s, <laughs> it's time to start uh, looking at life a little differently. But good for you. I, I think it's exciting. I know each uh, couple of weeks that I get to see you, you've got another neat story. You know, you were talking about the retainer wall that y'all were building. And uh, I appreciate you sharing with that with us today. And it doesn't mean you're any less motivated. It doesn't mean that you're not on purpose. You are still, and likely, I'm, I'm going to suggest that you're likely going to be that much more on purpose because you'll value everything that you're doing that more, that much more strategically. Uh, on that note, let's talk a little bit about the pur- purpose-driven PMO. I've heard you talk a lot about it before, and I feel like I should be a certified project management <laughs> consultant by now. Uh, yeah. I've had the, the great benefit of producing the great majority of your shows these last three years. And I'm fascinated. Uh, My master's degree is in organizational development. So this was a little bit uh, of an area that we that we would study and look at. um, But I, I really didn't understand fully what you all did as a profession and uh, the great benefit you are to companies. So tell our listeners what the purpose driven PMO is, and then we'll go a little bit deeper in our conversation about it as we go on. Yeah, so we over the past seven years at the PMO squad has been around, we've had access to uh, corporations as clients and understanding what they're doing well and not doing well in the project space. And through the radio show, we get access to PMO leaders around the world. As a judge of the Global PMO Awards, I get to see what the best PMOs in the world are doing. And just through my peer network and, and leaders, we've had so many different discussions about what makes a PMO successful and how to be successful and overcome the the causes of failure. Consistently in all of those discussions, we kept coming back to three things. First was, why does your PMO even exist? Second was, how do we demonstrate value to the organization? And third was, how do we stay relevant as the organization changes? And as we looked through the different methodologies that exist in the PMO space today, there's one, maybe two, that actually have a dedicated methodology for PMO leaders to run a PMO. It's essentially non-existent beyond a handful. Now, the couple that are out there uh, do a really good job with what they're doing, but one or two doesn't create a movement, right? And because of that, I'm grateful because my company, the PMO squad is out there helping organizations do better at this, but I want more organizations to do better. So we said, we have to build a methodology or framework that's going to address those three questions and have it be focused on the PMO leader, right? So many methodologies give us the what and the how to do things, but they don't answer the why we're doing it. And they don't give the leader the actual person that's in charge, the skills, capabilities, training, and education to go forth and be successful. So we built the PMO, the purpose-driven PMO, as essentially experts building the perfect solution, right? What did, if we were PMO leaders today, how would we build the PMO from the ground up? There's three main drivers, and we had a a little fun with the play on words here, right? PMO, depending on where you work, what company you're in, your industry in, could be portfolio management, project management, program management, right? Whatever the P is for you, 
So there isn't even a consistent definition for what a PMO is. So we want to build consistency. So regardless of the size of your company, regardless of your industry, regardless of what you're trying to achieve, we now rebranded the PMO as purpose, measure, optimize. If you're a project management office, well, your purpose is to execute projects. If you're a portfolio management office, your your purpose may be to ensure that the organization's working on the, the proper items. So by defining the purpose, you can remove all the other P's. We don't need to differentiate between project, program, portfolio, because your purpose will define that. And that answers the first question, right? Why do PMOs exist? Well, your PMO will exist based on the purpose that you define. And, and I would imagine no two PMOs will have the exact same purpose. Second question was, how do we demonstrate value to the organization? Well, in order to demonstrate or know you have value, you have to measure, right? So the M, P-M, right? Purpose, measure, and be able to communicate that back to the organization. And then the O, right? Traditionally, project management office. The office is a throwaway word. It's a useless word. There's no value in that. Well, with optimization, what we're reinforcing is that we're constantly measuring, but we don't measure just to measure. We measure to improve. So it's a continuous improvement cycle. So purpose, measure, optimize has become three drivers that we use to to accelerate purpose-driven PMO. And of course, then uh, below those three drivers, we have seven gears that act in concert to get our uh, PMO that may be stuck in neutral, or maybe we need to get it into overdrive. Those are the the factors that we use to get the PMO going. And how do you see leaders then, project management leaders, utilizing this? This is a way that they can benchmark through their projects, not only set them up and establish them, but benchmark them and 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 move on through optimization. How, how do they work with these tools? Yeah, and, and I like to... Um, like I, I said at the beginning here, right, I, I get to see project management different, I think, than a lot of people do because that's just my gift. So I try not to talk in project management terms as much as possible because I know others may not understand what I'm saying or I may not be communicating it well enough for them to pick up. So using a sports analogy for this, if I'm a manager of a baseball team, my objective is to use my roster and the skills they have to be able to win that baseball game. If I'm the general manager of the baseball team, my job is to assemble the talent so that the manager can use it to go forth and win the game. And if I'm the owner of the team, the objective is to win the World Series. It's not to win the game. So different layers within the team, right, whether you're a team player, whether you're a manager, whether you're a general manager, whether you're an owner, can all equate to an organization, right? team member on a major league baseball team equates to a project manager. The manager of the baseball team equates to the PMO leader. The general manager equates to uh, perhaps the CIO or the chief executive that you report to. And then the owner could equate to maybe shareholders or if in private company who the, the president of the organization is. So how does an organization use this? Well, we use it just like a baseball team would use their players and use their tools. So we have to understand how do I put the right people in the right position at the right time? How do I empower them to allow them to make the right decisions and not be micromanaged and use the skills as people? And, and this gives them the framework to go into that organization and build these structures so that 
just like in baseball, we create standings to show how well our performance is, or we have batting average to show how well we're performing as a team. Traditionally, PMOs have said we're red, yellow, green on our projects. Well, that doesn't tell me as a project manager, how well am I doing my job, or even as a PMO, how well we're doing our job. We want to know on value, how well are we performing back to the organization? If that organization has entrusted us with a CRM project because they want to increase sales, and I say my project's green for implementing the CRM system, that doesn't address the fact that we increase sales. The owner, right, the owner of the baseball team wanting to win the World Series, relating to the president of the company who wants to increase sales, I can show my batting average of 400, and I can be really impressed with that. And he's going to say, did we win the game? Are we in the playoffs? Did we win the World Series? So the purpose-driven PMO is to give the manager of our baseball team the players, tools, playbook, and guidelines of how to go win the World Series right? It's meant to be a leadership tool. And then, of course, we don't expect them to get this right out of the bat. It's like a a personal trainer for you when you're on a weight loss journey. We all know how to lose weight. You exercise more and you eat right. But there's a billion-dollar industry or a trillion-dollar industry that exists for weight loss because we want coaches and trainers and, and people to assist us on that journey. So that's what the PMO squad does. We're there as your personal trainer for your PMO to help you implement the tools to ensure your success. So with that, right, we're going to provide a certification program is going to be coming out soon. Good. Yeah, we're we're working on training, right? We're not just going to release it on the internet and hope people pick up on it, right? We want to bring people in, train them appropriately and then help them become certified to be a purpose-driven PMO leader. I love it. So uh, my girlfriend, Priscilla Monhe, uh, who I know you are connected with on LinkedIn, uh, she uh, works for an edu- online education company, and she just got certified uh, two days ago, I think. She just passed her test, and she's been listening to your show f- for the last three years, off and on, and I can't help but want to celebrate because she looks to you as one of those influencers as it relates to the course and the direction in her career, and she came uh, for the drive-by birthday party that you and I were talking yeah. about earlier, uh, and she had she had her sons, our 13-year-old, had a birthday yesterday, and I said, by the way, congratulations on your certification, and she goes, yeah, it's so amazing. She goes, by the way, did you see that Joe liked the, liked my celebration on LinkedIn? I said, I did notice that. So it's really fun to have watched not only your career evolve the last three years that we've got to know each other through your show uh, and my own knowledge, of course, let alone the folks who are in the profession and who we've heard from uh, several times throughout, again, this this gift that you've given the industry, you know, helping leaders uh, share their stories and their success about their life and project management and the different nuances of it, um, but also folks within companies and, and individual consultants who are looking to do more, become better, really better understand how project management influences and can truly help a corporation, um, a large enterprise to a small mom and pop organization succeed. So I wanted to share that with you that Priscilla was just honored and tickled that yeah. you, were, you were celebrating along with her uh, in, in her desire to, to shift. But we're a community, right? I mean, the reality is the world is made up of small communities. And how close and how tightly you want to grip onto that community 
I think is really important because there's going to be a day and time when I'm going to need somebody to help me. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know how it's going to be needed. And the more that I can give, I think the more I'll receive. And I learned that uh, through the mentoring we do at VPMMA, right, as I've learned so much more in my mentoring than I think I give by doing mentoring. And a great story on that too, right? Just uh, yesterday, Rhonda Parrish, who I have known for, geez, I don't know, 20, 20 plus years now, but I haven't seen her in probably 15 years. You know, young adults, we grew up in Atlanta together and doing the party scene and being friends and having fun and making great memories and our lives have gone different ways. And she's in Kansas now. And I had spent some time in Kansas in my career. And she had reached out and said, listen, I see you have somebody connected on LinkedIn. That's a, a first connection. And I'm looking for a new opportunity. They're involved in that process. Is there any way that you can make a connection there? And again, I, the fact that I hadn't talked with Rhonda in 15 years, I mean, the answer is me, of course I can. Absolutely. How anybody out there, if you're in the my circle, you're a squad member, right? You're part of the squad. Mm-hmm. And each of us have to know the the bigger and better and tighter that squad is, the more we're all going to benefit. And I think that's what, uh, you know, hearing someone like Priscilla passes and how important it is to them, that man, that has to be important to me too. If, if it isn't important to me, then I don't belong to be part of that community. And that's, you know, Lee Lambert mentioned that as well when he was on the show, right? He spends so much time on LinkedIn as the one of the founders of the PMP. Every time he sees somebody that passed their PMP exam, he personally sends a, a, a message to them on LinkedIn uh, congratulating them. And again, that's, to me, it's just another sign of leadership within the community that Lee goes and does that. Because again, we are a community. We have to benefit from each other. And the community that I know you've helped create is international, right? I think when uh, you and I set out to do project management office hours are, well, at least mine for sure, but yours too, our intention was was very, was one thing. <laughs> and, and I think what, maybe six months in, you were like, Karen, I think I'm going to go in a different direction with this and set this pace for this conversation with not just U.S. project management professionals, but international. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm intrigued by what I don't know. And and I know project management, but I don't know what that looks like in the UK or India or Australia or, or anywhere else. Did, I know language is different. Does that mean culture is different? Of course. Does that mean that business is different? I'm sure. Does that mean the way we use tools is different? I would suppose it is. Uh, but I didn't know. And And I think when we don't know something, there's two reactions we can have to it, right? We can run from it. Because if I don't know it, it's going to make me uncomfortable and I don't want to waste my time with something that I think I'm not going to get value from. Or we can run to it and embrace the unknown. And in this case, I, I said, I'm going to run to it, right? I'm going to go find out what others are doing across the world, let them share their story. And through that sharing, I think I'm going to learn something. And again, that's going to make me more well-rounded. It's going to make the listeners more well-rounded, and it's going to expose kind of the American ideology we have of we're we're number one in the world at everything to, you know, maybe we're not. Um, and why do we, why does that matter? Why do we have to be? Why can't I just learn? So that's when I said, let's, 
let's hit the globe, right? I mean, we've had Australia and Germany and France and Spain and Canada in conversations now to bring on our first guest from India, which I am so excited to have. You got to figure out the 12 hour time difference, right? Because it's the worst time difference, right? We've it's, had very yeah. big time differences, but that's the, the biggest one. So it's, uh, to me, it's been so important. Um, and being a judge in the Global PMO Awards, it, it also has exposed me to the different methodologies and practices. And, and I can't tell the details of anything, right? But I'm in the midst of, or I just finished judging one of the competitions. And one of the organizations has, that organization alone has over 20% of the PMPs within their home country. Oh, wow. And how amazing is that, that that one company is so dedicated to the profession that they have the largest number of PMPs in the country in one organization, and it's over 20%. I mean, stuff like that is amazing, right? And if we stay sheltered in our own little world that we know, then I miss that. Do U.S. companies, from what you've seen, embrace project management and the profession as much as perhaps companies that are international or specifically out of the U.S.? It, it's such a broad question that it's hard to answer, okay. but, but I, can, I can give a generic answer to it and say that I think my observation is outside the U.S. embraces project management professionally more than we do in the United States. That's not to diminish what we do in the U.S. It's just to reward, I think, the work that's being done outside the U.S. a little bit more committed than we're doing. Uh, I think we haven't gotten over the hump in the U.S. of, uh, well, it's project management. Anybody can do that. I manage a project in my house so I can go do it in a corporation. Eh, not so much. It's similar yet different, right? And I think in, in some of the other countries, they're, they're further along that life cycle than we are. You mentioned uh, at the beginning of today's segment that you're working on a couple of books. Did I know that? No, this is uh, all, all within the past 30 days, right? Within the past month, uh, they've been concepts. And it, it was time to change concept, right? Pull up anchor and, and start going to explore what was new. And one is on the purpose-driven PMO. Excellent. Right, where we're um, going to put that out to everybody. You know, there's there's a lot of books out there that have been impactful to me. Um, one by Mark Perry Price, The Business-Driven PMO, was so important. And, of course, Mark's been a, a guest on this show. And it was a really important book to me. But there was a missing component, and that's the purpose side of it, right? Um, and not everything is business-driven, which is hard to to really make that comment when you talk about business and corporations and organizations, but there's more to it, right? I, I share the story all the time of an organization that manufactures heart valves and the organization had become a little stagnant in their manufacturing line. They couldn't ramp up production. They couldn't, they couldn't put their finger on what was happening, right? But the organization had become stale and they had hired a consulting firm to come in and help them try to figure out what they could do to improve their efficiency and get production going, right? So again, product-based company, manufacturing company. Consultants come in, uh, charge a lot of money, of course, as it was one of the, the main consulting firms out there, the big one of the big four, I believe it was. And at the end of their analysis, about a month's worth of work, they go back into the executives and say, our recommendation to you is you put up two posters in your company. 
And the executor's like, you're kidding me. You just spent <laughs> all, that all money, of all that, that money. And you came up with two posters? Yeah, I got to know what they what yeah. did they say. So the consultant said, yes, but you didn't even ask why are we going to do the posters? We're going to put one poster at the entrance where all employees come in. And the other poster is going to go in the cafeteria where all employees eat. And the posters are going to define the purpose of your organization because you're not a manufacturing company. You're in the business of saving lives. Mm -hmm. And the posters are going to be pictures, the faces of people who have received your heart valve and are alive today because of it. And then after six months, we're going to change the posters. And the second round of posters are going to be employees who have received the heart valve. And they're alive today because of what you're producing. Because the purpose of your organization isn't to manufacture heart valves. Your purpose and all of your employees have lost sight of this. You are talking efficiency. You are talking manufacturing. That's right. And what you were missing out on is the purpose. And this is another point of the purpose-driven PMO, right? The first question of why does your PMO exist? We have to be able to answer that. It has to be so important to understand that it isn't a business-driven PMO. It's a purpose-driven PMO. And when you latch on to the purpose of why you exist, now you get longevity. Now you get stickiness. Now you get people rallying around that to try to improve it. And defending it. That's right. right? They own it because it's something they they can't own your company when it's a manufacturing company, right? So that's book number one, right? To get the message out there of the purpose-driven PMO and get it the broader exposure that I, I believe it deserves. And then book number two is, is related to the show. It's for three years now, we've talked to over 100 leaders and heard their story. And every one of them has made an impact in my life. And we've had, uh, again, I'm still blown away by the numbers and I don't know how real they are, but they are the numbers, right? We've had over 18 million plays and downloads of our shows collectively. But I know probably no one has listened to every single one of them except for me. And me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right? So I've heard everyone. But how many people out there have? So that means people are missing these golden nuggets that people have said, right? So we're going to take over the next, I don't know, 6 to 12 months, I'd like to get purpose-driven PMO out by the end of the year. And then I'd like to get... I don't have a working title for it yet, but, you know, lessons from behind the mic or, you know, some creative Mm -hmm. title to pull all of those stories together, structure them into the different nuances that we've had on the show, right? We've talked, uh, you know, I was was looking at this as, of course, I'm organizing for the book, right? But if we think about project management, most of the time we don't think about people, character, character personality traits, et cetera. But we've had Ruth Pierce, uh, Barbara Troutline, Carol Osterweil, Josh Ramirez, Steve Fulmer, Judy Umless, and others talk about people, not about project management at all, right? It's all about the people. So what, what lessons do we have from them, right? The platinum rule uh, that, that Ruth Pierce had talked about, gratefulness that Judy had talked about. I mean, there's so many items in there. Um, the tools within project management that we have, Nicholas Breeson, Dale Richards, Catherine Halpin, Tom Wessner, Chris Spear, and others talking about different tools within our profession that we can use to help accelerate and advance where we're going. Leadership from Harold Kersner, Lee Lambert, 
Andy Kaufman, Belinda Goodrich, Dana Brownlee, Jessica Kuhn. I mean, again, the list goes on of talking about the different ways as leaders of PMOs that we can bring that out there. And if you haven't heard those episodes, why are you missing that? You shouldn't have to miss that. Right? We're going to bring that to you. Within the profession itself, what is the state of the profession? Where are we headed? Where have we been? What have we learned? You know, Andy Jordan, Laura Bernard, Mark Price Perry, Hussein Bandekawala, Dmitry Panamanarov, uh, these people giving us all of these lessons uh, that we're missing on. And as we know, veterans are so important to me. Uh, so the world should hear their story and and what they've done to bring that to project management and to others. And listening from uh, Craig Jones and Tara Thrash, Eric Wright, of course, Bruce Kilburn, Paul Martin, Trevor Staza, Candy Tillman. We've got John McCaskill coming up in a couple of episodes. These people have given their life to defend us. Uh, and I'm still learning lessons from them every day. So we need to hear their voice. And, and we're going to put that in the book. You know, people who just created special moments on the show, right? Those are uh, life-altering moments for me that I'll never forget. And I think the the guests should be brought into those moments. Kenneth Stennis, right, when uh, he made a donation to VPMMA. And I cried sitting yeah. here listening to that, yeah. Live I think your eyes air. might have even have been watery, too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it was it was just amazing. Yeah, uh, Elise gift. Stevens, when uh, Cornelia Homewood uh, had before, the, I think it may have been during the show, but even before the show, she said, I, I can't believe I'm going to be talking to Elise today. I mean, she's one of my idols. She's one of the people I look up to. And, and we were there for that moment when she described uh, what it meant to her. Sense to be part of that and how she was passing that down to people within her family and her circle. And I mean, just so important. And Roger Haskett, of course, and Colin Ellis live from Australia and we lose the feed and we have to have him back. And when he comes back and he's telling us about uh, growing up in Liverpool and, and walking Abbey road and telling stories of the Beatles and how music has been important to him and making me think into my whole life, all of the different life moments that I've built a soundtrack around because who hasn't, right? I mean, who hasn't put music in that? So those are special moments that I think a book is going to be powerful. I think it's going to be informative. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be hopefully the first in the series that come out of the show, right? I mean, the show is great. It's live radio. Uh, there's some faux pas. I mean, we get some things where people stumble over words or say what they shouldn't say. But within all of that is all of this amazing Knowledge. Yeah, knowledge and humanity. Yes, it's people telling a story. And I just think that it's our obligation to bring that story uh, to the masses more than the 17 or 18 million that have downloaded. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I know that not that many have listened, Uh, but we want to get as much of their story out to the people as we can. And, And I was super motivated also by, uh, we have another guest coming up, Peter Taylor who during this COVID crisis, he led an effort to get uh, project managers from around the world in, I think it was 21 days, to publish a book. And it was a collaboration where all of us who wanted to submitted in a, I can't remember, 150 or 500 word article or chapter to him. And he compiled them, packaged it, published it, got art for it, 
submitted it to a publisher and got it published. And if you go to the Project List Project Manager book, page 70, you can hear my piece in there, right? Or read my piece. So that was like, man, if he can do that so quickly with the with all of us, I'm like, well, wait a second, I have all of us. I have all of these on tape. It's just a matter of getting those nuggets out. So yeah, super excited. Uh, two books, Purpose Driven PMO and, and the other untitled one of Lessons from office hours. I don't know what we'll yeah, call that yeah. one yet. Oh, I can't wait. And I'm, and I'm, I'm so honored to just be, you know, here each, each month with you a couple of times and, and watch what you've done uh, with the industry, uh, with, you know, how you've helped influence, right? And, and we, obviously, you're not the only one, which is why you do the show, <laughs> because right. you're one of, one of many. Uh, on that note, I, I think I saw recently, too, that you are a semifinalist for the PMO Influencer of the Year Award. How does that feel? Wow. Humbling, so extremely grateful, surprised, uh, but proud too, yes. right? Um, to be recognized, regardless of what happens in the judging and make it to the finals or who the winners are, to be included in that list of people as the PMO Influencer of the Year is just an amazing feeling, right? I don't even know how to describe words for it uh, or use, use words to describe it. But thankful. Again, I don't know who nominated me because the nominee chose to be anonymous. So whoever it was out there, thank you. Karen, if it was you, thank it, you. It wasn't, but darn it, I would love to have said wink, wink. But you yeah. know, whoever you are, thank you. What a gift. Uh, so that's amazing. And um, so we're in the top 15. Several of the others have been on the show um, and some coming up, like Peter Taylor. He's in that list. Laura Bernard's in the list. Congratulations to everybody all well-deserving. And it is a global list. There's three from the U.S. and okay. 12 from around the world. Uh, so um, Lindsay Scott, also the Flash Mob, PMO Flash Mob, right? yes. if you remember her, she's yes. also uh, one of the nominees and made it to the semifinal. So now in July, we'll get down to a final three. And then uh, I believe it's in September, they'll announce who the winners are. So Thank you to Americo Pinto and the Global PMO Awards. The same folks who put on the Global PMO Awards competition have uh, two individual awards this year, right? So the PMO Leader of the Year Award and now the PMO Influencer of the mm -hmm. Year Award. So it's it's just it's been an amazing. Honor. How um, are and you may not have the language for it, but how are they the organization defining? what a PMO influencer is? Like, how would you define what this award is? And then after that, I would love to hear if you were to win, what would that mean for you? I mean, I already get yeah. that it's really a cool thing to be even nominated and in the semifinalist. But yeah, explain how you understand what they mean by influencer. What does that mean? And then what would it mean to you personally? Well, I think the, the best way to answer that is out on the Global PMO Awards website, they've defined what all of that is, right? So it's people making an impact in their, uh, in the PMO community. And there's different categories that they're using to judge against with innovation and influence and knowledge, of course, all of those things included. So it's, there's, there's an actual judging committee that's looking at each candidate. I'm, I didn't submit anything. They've not asked me any questions. I've not 
participated. It's different than a lot of um, experiences like this where you yourself, someone will nominate you and they'll say, hey, here's why we nominate this person. But then once you're nominated, I've found in some of the awards that I've been nominated for, then I have to submit, okay, well, let me let me answer these questions. But you haven't had to do any of that. That's kind of neat. Yeah, up to this point, I mean, I'm not pumping my chest here. No, no, I'm no, not, no. Yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to, to say that that I own this, right? It's just been, it's been thrust Simply upon me. Honor, I'm, yeah. I'm receiving it. And it's been, uh, it's been, again, very humbling to be a part of that. And if you were to win, is that fair to, to lob that ball your way? Yeah, you know, um, this is a, a a weird personal story that I don't think I've ever shared with anybody. I I love movies. Way back when in my, I don't know, probably 20s, I wrote a a partial screenplay of a movie that I think would be an amazing movie, of course. And I never finished. But I always said, if I ever finished, what would be my Ben Affleck, Matt Damon moment of winning the Academy Award? And what would I, what would I do? Right? What would I say? And it was always the first thing is you just close your eyes, you win it. And I would just say, Joe Puzz here. And, and that's been kind of my, yeah. I always answer it because I'm, I, I arrived. Everything else at that point just validates a life's worth of work. You know, we put a lot of energy and time into this, not to win an award, because again, it's just my passion or it's my gift. It's what I enjoy. I don't feel like I ever go to work. I just do what I love doing. And I'm very fortunate because of that. And to have somebody else or a group of other people recognize that means it was all worth it. Hmm. I, I, I just smile because you've, you walked in the studio doors three years ago a professional, a consummate professional, and a project management consultant at that. And to have watched the trajectory of your career in these three years, it's been remarkable. Like there's, you constantly surprise and amaze me every time you come in with something new and some new reflection, both just on a professional level as it relates to the industry and the task of being a project manager, but also a leader and, and of course, an influencer and, and a human being and, and just a good friend at just that personal, I'm, I'm always inspired and clearly others are as well. So thank you. And, and, and I, I laugh because a few times I've asked you to turn the coin and be a model example for other hosts of the show because you're, you know, our, our shining star. Um, you've always been so humble and you said, hey, look, I'm just average Joe. I'm just, I'm just PMO Joe doing my thing, right? I'm yeah. never expected to step in the spotlight or step in this role of radio host and that sort of thing. But I think that's what makes you such a success and what makes you such a great host uh, and influencer is that you do recognize that you're simply one one of us. We're, we're all out there to find our purpose, live our passion, do a great job at the end of the day, make sure that we have time for friends and family. And you and I have talked a lot about legacy in the past and uh, you know, this is this is neat for you to to be able to look and go. You know, I I am making a difference, and and if I were to win this award, you know, even just to be nominated is a pretty big deal. Yeah, I think um, evolution as as a person, I'm sure, comes with age, uh, but I think it can also be intentional. Again, in, in non project management speak, I think back to different examples, and and I'll use a very very current one from television. Uh, I love the show America's Got Talent. Because we see real people on display all the time and people that we normally wouldn't see, right? So this past Tuesday's episode, I strongly encourage everybody to watch it and watch the final act. Uh, In 15 years of America's Got Talent, they've never had 
a spoken word artist come on. They did. And they had some uh, a gentleman come on, and it was the most powerful thing I think I've ever seen on that show. And I don't want to even tell you what he talked about because I want everybody to go listen to it. But it was an immediate, to, to the point of my 10-year-old son had tears because the message and the words and the impact and the passion, the purpose that he was speaking with in a minute and a half was so powerful. was so amazing, right? And it was a golden buzzer winner and he's going straight to the live shows and they had never ex- had one on before. And and to me, I, I looked at that and I said, oh, man, that guy's life. At the end, he, it validated his existence to him. And to me, the show and the Purpose Driven PMO and the PMO squad and VPMMA and being a board member for institution, everything I'm doing, all rolled up into one. I felt like I was that guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, it was his voice. Uh, using his words in his story, but I felt like I was in his body. Mm. You know, if I ever did a second podcast, right, it would be the the Purpose Driven Podcast. It would be just bringing on people like that guy and having them talk about their purpose in life. And it doesn't have to be an hour show. It could be a 10-minute podcast, right, where we're just putting out people with purpose in their story because the power of purpose to me exceeds everything else we've ever done. And and that's why it has to be included uh, in the purpose-driven PMO to understand the why and and truly get people to be impacted by it. I can't wait to go watch that episode. Uh, Have a great desire to continue to help people with mental health and um, suicide prevention. And I've thought just the last two days, which is so ironic that you're talking about this spoken word artist, I, I don't know what my way is to get the word out, but I know that it needs to be unique and it needs to be different. And I had actually thought about, you know, the spoken word and storytelling and poetry and, and that it's so funny that you're mentioning it because it's been on my heart just the last two or three days. So I will go check it out. And I'm, I'm very curious now. Well, yeah, I mean, picture Howie Mandel and, um, and Simon Cowell, right? When the guy goes up there and says, what's your skill? What are you going to be doing today? Well, I'm a poet. And they're, they're like, Oh, boy, here we go. Get the X ready, right, this guy. And then as soon as he started, it was amazing. Uh, I can't wait. Great. Well, we have just a couple minutes left, Joe, uh, for your show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am interested in hearing before we go, and I'm sure your your listeners will be as well. Tell us a little bit about the speaking circuit and and some of the talks that you've been doing recently. Uh, You know, a lot of them, well, (laughs) I don't think any of them have been in person. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, the last several months, but that that, that hasn't stopped you and the organizations that have invited you to participate. So tell us a little bit about where you've been speaking and, and what you've been talking about. Right now, uh, the third gear of the purpose-driven PMO is empowering people to deliver results. So that's been my topic of late, right? It's it's all about empowerment, uh, PMO leadership, and the benefits we get from empowering people. Uh, So some of the PMI chapters we've been at uh, recently was at the Boston University Project Management and Practice Conference. Uh, So thank you to Rich Maltzman, a former guest as well. And several other guests were presenters at that conference. Uh, it was great to – I wish I could have been in Boston, and I wish it was – baseball was in place because my <laughs> my plan had been to, as a Red Sox fan, right, to go out to that conference in person and, and catch some Red Sox games. But uh, it was great to be in person and deliver that. Uh, we have um, P- 
PMI, Washington, D.C. chapter, Fair Lakes. We're doing a, a webinar with them coming up in August. And the PMO Impact Summit that Laura Bernard puts on every year, we'll be, I'm presenting, we recorded that presentation uh, and empowering people to deliver results. Also in August, I uh, have, it's just, we've confirmed it yesterday, actually, August 25th, uh, I'll be doing the Empowering People to Deliver Results webinar on projectmanagement.com, which is PMI's online platform uh, for webinars. The last one we did on there was actually the purpose-driven PMO. We're uh, soon be over 7,000 views on that, and it's the highest-rated PMO webinar than their platform outside of what was done during a, a, a specific symposium-type event, right? An independent webinar. It's the highest-rated one on PMOs. Wonderful. Um, so I'm excited to go back onto that platform and bring empowering people to deliver results to them. A busy summer and into mm-hmm. the fall, and of course— uh, if any other organizations want to have me come participate, I'd love to figure out how we can make that work. I enjoy sharing my story and what I've learned, and and uh, and the the purpose of that is to empower people, right? I mean, because again, I'm empowered because of what I've learned from others, and I want to share those learnings with as many as I can. I, I love that we decided to do this segment today because, again, your guest had to cancel last minute. And, again, we both hope that he'll be, be joining us again. And, you know, we could have opted to say, well, let's just hold off and, and regroup and wait till we can find a replacement. But it isn't often that we get to hear from from Joe, at least not in this studio and on your own podcast, right? You get to go do that on these speaking circuits and, and uh, you know, when you're writing articles and that sort of thing. But this is a treat for me because you are such a great listener and providing an opportunity for everyone else that you invite on who who play in the same pool that you do to hear from them. And you have little bits of wisdom you always share, but you're such a gracious host because you're always in listening. So this is fun to have it be all about Joe today. <laughs> well, I think the all about Joe is really just a bounce back or reflection as Jesse Fuel said on the last show, right? It's the, it's the rebound. It's the bounce of every other guest that's been on. I was just going to say, we we can't have this be all about Joe without you making sure that you mentioned the majority of your, you know, a good portion of the guests that you've had on and all the lessons and learnings that you've had as a result of the mentors and the influencers that have been a part of your life. So I love it. This question almost feels silly, but is there anything else that the PMO squad is is up to next um, as we close out today's segment? What, What haven't we covered as it relates to the PMO squad? Well, it's, you know, sometimes that's like a throwaway question, right? It's like, a, hey, let's fill the air. But in, in this case, it's actually potentially the most important question uh, of the day. Oh, good. With everything we've done, there's one thing I think within the industry that's still missing, and it's knowledge about PMO leadership. There aren't uh, study. We haven't seen studies. We haven't seen surveys. We haven't seen training. We haven't seen a lot of that. And the purpose-driven PMO training we're doing is going to help part of that, right? Um, So within the next week, probably a week to 10 days, we are launching the 2020 PMO Leadership Global Survey. And we will be surveying PMO leaders across the globe to get insight and research into why some PMOs are successful and why others struggle. And is leadership and how much is leadership a part of that? It's going to be a long-term study, so that's this is the inaugural survey we'll do, but we're going to follow it up with studies uh, in the coming years as well, additional surveys. 
so that we can not only talk about methodology and framework and intellect uh, and um, anecdotes of our own experience, but what is the global community telling us about PMO leadership? And the PMO squad is going to be at the forefront of that. We're going to be leading the way into research of how to improve PMO leadership around the world. So I hope that everybody's ready to participate. We want as many responses as possible. Uh, we're going to be getting that out, as I said, within a week to 10 days, and we value your input. And by the end of this year, we will have those results formulated into a, a white paper of sorts that we will share, of course, with the world. PM Solutions is a fantastic organization uh, here in the United States that does a every other year survey on PMOs. PMI does some of their surveys around PMOs, but the, no one is focusing on leadership the way we're going to. Mm -hmm. So that's what's coming up next, right? Super excited to get I, that out. I love that. What a brilliant way to take everything that you've learned and say what's missing and how do we study it and and help fill that gap. Uh, who would be qualified to fill this out? Does it have to be some, I mean, is there a requirement for who would you are asking to participate in this survey? Yes. And, and before I answer that, also want to thank um, Kevin Jacobs and Paul Hemming as the two people who are point on working with me on this. And of course, Kevin's been a guest on the show as well. Uh, but this isn't a one man right. job, right? Others are, are at work on this and Amber, squad. Yeah, Amber Schmidt uh, mm -hmm. as well involved in that. So yes, a squad is at work and putting the survey together. So we're sending it out to PMO leaders. Uh, our hope is they'll answer and not hand it off to somebody on their team to answer, mm -hmm. right? So Good. Uh, PMO managers, directors, vice presidents, uh, it, it, when I'm not talking just traditional PMOs, if you're an agile PMO, yes, we want curious, your feedback. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So it's, uh, you know, we're going to send it out to globally as many as we can, and we want them to then share within their network, right? So the wider our community reach can be, the more information that we'll get and the more impactful our research will be. Uh, so the ask is to the community to bond together and uh, spread the survey so that we get as much feedback as we can. We're going to give 30 days to respond uh, to the survey. So from 30 days post-launch, we'll get our responses back. And then I'm sure it'll take several months to put all the data together. I would imagine that'll be a show. It could be. <laughs> At some it could point, be. The, the results and, and what to do next. Well, this has been a great time, uh, all, as always. But again, in, from my perspective, just neat to hear, uh, you know, have, have the majority of the time be you and, and all the wisdom that you have, uh, have gleaned over the years in your profession and uh, as it relates to the leaders that you've been able to share time with on this show. Would you like to go ahead and close out today's segment? Yeah, this is going to be weird. I close <laughs> on my And then I, fingers crossed, we may have uh, some new intros and exits. Not uh, fingers crossed, for and, sure. Intros and outros for the next show. We're going to get some, uh, as I mentioned, music, right? We're going to, we're going to bring in some music. So I love that. But uh, until next show, thank you to all our listeners. Uh, sorry we couldn't bring Cornelius to you today, but again, uh, my thoughts are with him and his family, and I hope uh, that he'll be able to join us in the near future. Uh, be sure to visit projectmanagementofficehours.com. Uh, subscribe out there. Check out all of our episodes and uh, great content and all of the guests, of course. See who we have upcoming. Uh, in addition to getting Cornelius rescheduled, Chris Kopp, who is a dear friend of mine, Randy Englund, John McCaskill, Cindy Dionisio, 
Elizabeth Heron, Peter Taylor, Priyapatra, uh, were booked all the way into October. So great leaders, great content, great information. Also remember, although we're live right now, we do record these shows. So the podcasts are available, uh, Project Management Office Hours on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Spotify, your favorite platform. Uh, be sure to subscribe. And, of course, thank you to our sponsors. It's hard to say that when I'm doing the show today, but uh, the PMO Squad, right? We are trying to make a difference in the PMO and project management world. Subscribe to what we're doing. We're, we're out there for you, and we want to be part of your life, your organization, and help you do better at what you're doing today. So that's it. Office hours are now closed. Until next time, I'm PMO Joe, and you've been listening to Project Management Office Hours. Mm-hmm.